You're about to enter into a new world of knowledge, curiosities, and high strangeness. This is a podcast of Straight Up Strange Productions. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Become a patron today at patreon.com forward slash into the portal. Venturing deep into the ancient past of Scandinavian mythology, there are tales to be discovered that speak to a vast array of incredible creatures, magical powers, and strange hidden lands. However, over centuries of evolution and belief and understanding, some entities designated as pure myth, cautionary tales, or simple fantasy are in fact believed to be very, very real. The most prolific of these beasts is that of the troll. There are said to be various species of such a creature, lurking in dense forests and remote mountain ranges, avoiding humanity as much as possible. And for many Scandinavians and cryptozoologists alike, these creatures straddle the line between legend and reality, leaving us with the ultimate question. Did such beings at one time actually exist? Or perhaps there are other forces at work, keeping such things hidden. This week, we team up once again with Justin from the Zeng This podcast as we enter into dangerous territory in search of trolls. Welcome back into the portal. I'm Amber Ray. And I'm Andrew McKay. And we are back to uh, conclude our ongoing series, hey, on Nordic legends. Kind of uh, getting to the juicy stuff, finally, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've been talking about all kinds of crazy awesome stuff, but I think Trolls is, uh, has been my, I mean, it's my favorite uh, monster out of this. We are, we are, of course, joined by uh, our good friend who's been with us through this whole, this whole series, bouncing back and forth between Zeng this and into the portal. So we're joined by Justin Zanger. How's it going, buddy? Oh, it is going great. Uh, once again, thank you guys for having me on, and thanks for letting us do this. This has been this, this series was what originally supposed to be like two parts, and now it's yep. become uh, four parts, maybe five. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Maybe who knows? Oh God, who knows? I mean, let's just start a podcast on trolls. Maybe that'll be the uh, the culmination of this episode. <laughs> I don't really know. I mean, we definitely have gone down a few rabbit holes with this, mm-hmm. and I'm excited oh, a few to troll uh, holes. Troll holes. That's that's oh, yes. that's disgusting. Mm. <laughs> oh no wait that that is a term they they used in the um troll hunter movie so i will keep it there you go okay so let's just jump right into this and obviously we're going to do the classic into the portal thing where we talk about 
kind of just general descriptions and things like that, but then we'll dive into some more detail as we go. Because I think everyone kind of has a general idea of what they, I mean, when we say the word troll, other than internet troll, which is basically what 90% of the research uh, things that came up when you uh, when you Google this, right? Like even if you go to Norwegian troll, it'll be like, oh, some guy was being a jerk on the internet in Norway. But we're talking about creatures depicted across all, I mean, millennium essentially. And very similar to humans in terms of their sort of humanoid appearance, two arms, two legs, but living in remote mountain ranges, cliffs, caves of remote Scandinavia, like we've talked about throughout this series with other Mm -hmm. creatures and stuff. But the crux of this episode is, are they actually real or were they at one point real? That's what we find particularly interesting, the basis of legends and myths, uh, because they're spoken of in many different contexts, you know, from the fantastical fairy tales, but also with genuine belief as real physical entities across sort of Nordic states. So today, that's what we're looking for. We're going searching uh, for trolls today. Just going to toss it out there to you guys right off the bat. Troll, I mean... Has this been on your radar, Zenger, in terms of like looking into it for like actual accounts rather than talking about mythology based? You know, it's one of those things that whenever I see a podcast discuss or anything discussing trolls, I instantly like gravitate towards it. Totally. And the sad thing is, there's there there's like oh, there's this image is from World War II, and I see it, and it's like a tree line. And there's like a figure in the mist in the tree line or in the snow. And I'm like, oh, that's just from Troll Hunter. <sighs> that does actually come up in a, in a hot second here because that got a lot of people going. Amber mm-hmm. found that and showed it to me and I just wanted it to be real so bad. But of course, we had just watched Troll Hunter. So right. it was very obvious. Yep. And uh, Amber pointed that out right away and kind of uh, burst my bubble. But that's okay. That's yeah, what, uh, that's, we that's do what, that for each other. That's and what the back world does to both of us. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's interesting, Andrew, that you mentioned uh, internet trolls as being the number one conception of trolls these days, because I didn't think of that at all. My mind immediately went to, as a 90s kid and probably 80s kids and whoever else, uh, to those cute little dolls that you would find with oh, the, the, the little hair mm-hmm. poking up like fire kind of thing. And you know, totally. they're collectible. And then there was obviously that other Trolls movie that came out quite recently. That was like a Pixar Disney thing. And Justin that was kind of where I was I coming from, to be honest, because we got this suggestion to us as a film Friday, right? And I was not thinking this was going to be badass or cool or something that would really grab us. But as soon as we watched it, that's, yeah, that was the nugget for us, especially for this Norse uh, series. Oh, definitely. Like, I I mean, we talked about this on, on, of course, Justin's show. So Mm -hmm. everybody go back and listen to that episode where we dive specifically into Troll Hunter because we all wanted it to be real. Of course. So much. So, so much. So, so much. Right. Or is it? I know. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, I mean, and, and maybe and maybe they are in some way. So let's let's try to figure that out here together as a, as a collective group. Most common definition. Let's work off of that. Let's go with at least the basics here. In early Scandinavian folklore, it was just known as essentially a giant monstrous being, sometimes possessing magical powers, which is something that Zenger you talked about in the part one on your uh, on Zeng this. Of <laughs> course, known as being hostile to men, mm-hmm. living in. Uh, caves and in the mountains, but also in castles uh, and uh, yes. would only come out at night. So that's something a little bit different than what they obviously talk about in the film Troll Hunter. But of course, being exposed to sunlight was a, a big no-no. And this was a part of the mythology going way, way back. And another thing that we didn't really necessarily get to in the earlier parts was stealing human maidens uh, and uh, 
taking away human women and carrying them into the mountains and things like that. And I think that blends into a little bit more of the Christian folklore that we can talk about a bit today, too. Watch out, Amber. Key points. Yeah, (laughs) no kidding. (laughs) So, I mean, like key points we wanted to kind of talk about are where they live or are believed to reside. The ideas of them turning to stone, which we've already talked about a little bit. Mm -hmm. The evolution of the troll in Christian uh, through a Christian lens and in ancient lore. And then, of course, do they exist? And what does this actually mean? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. Oh, you, you, you're asking the dear listener, not me. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you too. You're, you're here. I mean, you're sitting okay. there. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully. All right. So, I mean, I'm going to just briefly touch on appearance before Amber is going to get into some other stuff here, too, because it's so different depending on where you're looking. And I think everyone's going to go to, like, Harry Potter, that troll, and, like, certain mm-hmm. certain images in their mind, right? But... It goes from everything to massive and ugly and slow-witted to the size of humans and looking exactly like human beings, which is kind of falling more in line with elves and things we talked about in Iceland and things like that. The human description is very, very strange to me because that's just blurring lines and it's, uh, it's I don't even know, it's kind of, it kind of freaks me out a little bit uh, <laughs> because if they're said to be man-eaters and stealing uh, human women and things like that, it just gets kind of crazy. It gets a little a little murky. They deal with a ton of different trolls on Troll Hunter, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyone want to speak to that? They definitely don't deal with those types of trolls. And I think when we get into the whole like definitions and types of trolls, I think it becomes a lot more clear. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the origin of the actual word is just a straight, you know, proto-Germanic word, trulin or trulzan, if we're trying to find like the the real root of this all here, because... No one really knows exactly what trolls are, I guess is what I'm sort of getting at here, depending on who you ask. Well, how does that translate then, that, that Germanic word? Well, it translates to either fiend, demon, giant. It's all sort of negative traits, I guess. Um, but I mean, you could, they're, so, they're, they're kind of vague at the mm-hmm. same time. You know what I mean? Why don't we just jump right back into what we're familiar with from this series and talking about the, the Jotun and giants. Mm-hmm. That's a good yes. segue there. Yeah, because often troll is used interchangeably with this Jotun, and that's where we kind of get into the origins. And we did touch on this before in the beginning parts of the series on Zangvis, and Mm -hmm. probably maybe briefly on our part two on the show. But in Norse mythology, we get just that. It's uh, trolls, Jotun, these these giants, uh, supposedly. And I thought this was really cool because when we went into this, we were totally blind to a lot of Norse mythology. We knew the main names, you know, but (laughs) nothing beyond that, I would say. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. So when I was digging into this, I came across a figure known as the Screamer or Ymir. And he is thought of the ancestor of all giants. I thought it was very interesting that he is hermaphroditic as well. Mm -hmm. And this is where supposedly the Jotun was conceived from. It was a growth from Ymir, uh, alternatively described as asexual reproduction. I'm thinking it was just some ugly war that popped off this thing. (laughs) 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 You got the first yote in there. But I thought this was cool because, again, like the idea of gross is uh, incorporated into modern legends and lore. And we saw this in Troll Hunter with the idea of this three-headed forest troll where they're basically growing things that aren't actually like they're just meant to like we already right. discussed they're meant to uh, intimidate their opponents and others in there but anyways uh going back to the whole origins of emir and all this thing this was cool 
came across this quote here. It was from the, um, it was quoting from the Procida, which refers to Ymir as a primeval being who was born from venom that dripped from the icy rivers. Oh, I'm going to push this. Elvigadar. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> and lived in the grassless void of Gunningigap which is a primordial void. Um, th- just a little bit of background on the Pros Eda here, if anyone's unfamiliar with that. It's also known as the Younger Eda or Snorri's Eda, and it is an Icelandic manual of poetics, uh, and it contains many origin stories of uh, Norse mythology. It's pretty cool there. Very cool. And also the origin for a lot of the research I did comes from the oh. Pros Eda. Um, I know that the Neil Gaiman novel I really drew from comes from this, and it actually tells the story of you know the first... Uh, once again, Nor- Norse mythology is weird. Um, he um, there was a, there was a cow also that that uh, Ymir um, interacted with to get milk and sustenance from. Right. And right. Yeah. It's it's like I said. I've I've said before. There there's weird stuff, and um, it continues to be weird when it gets into some aspects of Norse mythology. At times. Yeah. It, it's definitely mm-hmm. it's definitely not cut and dry. And I mean, no, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I'll let you continue, Amber, because we've got a lot of uh, juicy bits to get to. (laughs) All the juicy bits. (laughs) From Ymir. (laughs) (laughs) You got a a dirty mind today. Let's just not even. (laughs) So anyways, we're talking about the Jotun here. So they did essentially descend from this one hermaphroditic Ymir. And like we've already covered, they've had various conceptions. Most think of them as ugly, mangled giants. Usually it's the size that distinguishes, right? It's, it's the appearance, mm-hmm. it's hideous, and the <clears throat> grotesque nature of how big they are. Right. But they do have other things in some cases, such as tusks. Uh, but this is not always the case, obviously. Tusks, that's yes. pretty bad. Don't the ones in Warcraft have tusks? Probably. What, what you're, asking, you're asking the wrong people. Yeah. I am. Hold on a second. You know what? Continue. I'll double check that. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> All right. Fact checking here. Uh, but like we alluded to before, there are other examples of smaller trolls. Yep. Uh, one such one would be... Oh, you got it, Singer? Yeah, yeah they, 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 they have um, tusk. Uh-huh. Gnarly. That would, act, that would probably be the one you don't want to run into. <laughs> yeah, I was like... Yeah, I said that, and I'm like... Should know this off the top of my head. I mean, I've played WoW, but it's been a good minute. But is that like, still uh, a thing? Do people still play yeah, WoW? Yeah, people still play WoW. I think an expansion oh, yeah. just came out recently too. All right, all Are right. Are you all kidding right. me? Like when you no. in, look up anything on the internet, it's always like r- in relation to trolls or anything. It's always talking about WoW. <laughs> yeah, it's, all, it's yeah. always it's, yeah. it's, it's a main race you can be in there. I, I have to say, like, as a person interested in cryptozoology and just certain things like this and monsters and myths and stuff like that, it's always so frustrating when you'll start to read something online or on a Reddit forum <laughs> or whatever, and it just ends up being about a video game, and then you don't realize for, like, 60 seconds, you're like, ah, mm. oh, wait, oh, it's just, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm the reverse where I'm like, oh, I'm interested in this now because now I can play the game, and it's an interesting cryptid thing. See, I got the best of both worlds. That is the one. best of both worlds. Definitely. We need to upgrade. We've got our N64, man. That's all we got. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, I kinda... there's, there's some good games on there. There oh, are hell plenty. Yeah. Plenty. We're getting back into some some retro stuff right now. Especially since we don't have the NBA right now. <sighs> That's been tough. It's been tough. Mm-hmm. It's been really <laughs> tough. We were actually supposed to go out to Toronto next week. Uh, to catch a Raptors game. So that, that stings. That stings. <sighs> Although, sigh. it is, you know. It Whatever. is what it is. Yeah. You know, and it's like, 
We couldn't get into troll country right now if we wanted to either. You very know, true. If we wanted to get up into the fjords of Norway. Even if we got there, we wouldn't be getting home. Very That's fast. very true. We'd be living mm-hmm. amongst uh, the forest trolls and things like that, which doesn't really bode well for the people in the Troll Hunter film. <laughs> but anyway, it's let's recap a little bit of what we talked about in the last episode, because Amber just mentioned a smaller version of a troll that I kind of set off the top. We're reminded a lot of the, the elves and like the, the hidden people that we talked about in the last few. And I found a few other just statistics I wanted to share because I thought they were pretty awesome just to go along with this idea of people still believing these creatures exist even today, not even a hundred years ago or 50 years ago or whatever. Right. There was a survey in 1998 uh, in Iceland that basically came out with a number that 54.4% of people in Iceland believe in the existence of elves and other creatures like elves. Uh, misfortune befalling those who dare to build in their territory, which is something we talked about with the construction mm-hmm. crews and stuff like that. Uh, there's a five-page standard press reply from the Icelandic Road and Coastal Administration for inqu- inquiries into uh, these types of uh problems that arise when people go into the the hidden people's territory there's a legitimate press like standard reply government reply and you can find it online there's also references to the world sorry rather to the word alfar or elf which first appeared in the norse uh, record in viking era poems so this is going all the way back into like a thousand ad in older texts right because this all started before things were even written down so we don't even really know how far it truly goes back when it translated it it crossed that boundary between just you know the hammer of thor and storytelling to people legitimately being like we need to create government standard press releases because we think these creatures actually exist and i just think that that's pretty interesting so we kind of talked about that a bit it does apply the same the same kind of does go for trolls as well it's uh, they're they're referenced in folklore you know leading up into the 16th and 17th centuries which is the more modern kind of era of all of this really when you think about it right so mm-hmm. i mean if we jump back to the jotun because we've got a few more points here that's even older obviously mm-hmm. yeah that was interesting yeah and you didn't even refer to them but that we are talking about the hidden the hidden peoples or the hulter folk if i'm yeah. not wrong yes the way, sorry hilda folk there you go i thought it was really cool because apparently the females of the species are the most deadly and they are known to ensnare human males through lovely singing and a beautiful appearance. Huh. What does that remind you of, Andrew? Mermaids? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, We're actually getting to mermaids, mermaids uh, coming down the pipe here for you guys all and into the portal. But before we do, I just thought the huldras, which is the females. Sorry, I keep saying huldras. I don't even know how to say it. It's, hul- it's spelled with H-U-L-D-R-A, yeah. like for the Norwegian. So, I mean, I don't know. Close but who enough. knows? Anyways, this is a common problem we run into on the show. But these... Hujas, as they're known, entrance men to do their bidding, or they can simply keep them as mates or pets. This can go on for years. And to me, this does remind me a lot of another thing, not mermaids. What Are you reminded of anything, Andrew? Can I just like, I'm totally putting you on the spot right now. Oh, I'm kind of blanking a little bit. I'm sorry. Are I'm, zombies, I'm to... remember when we talked about, we talked about. You remember that? I'm just totally just no? staring into the abyss the like an absolute powder? moron, right? Oh my god, voodoo, like vo- like yeah. voodoo stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, that yeah. Okay, like where? crazy drug that people were given. What was that? What was that even called? I, I have no idea. It was a natural. <laughs> it was derived. It was a natural substance. <laughs> it was like from a root or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, 
go check out the Mysteries of Voodoo episode if anyone has to Mysteries of that, Voodoo. Thank you for pulling that out. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Let's get back to the Jotun, though. Because when we get into these things, we do come into a lot of the tropes that were used in Troll Hunter, which for us is a big nugget as far as our interest and then just leading off into other tangents of research, correct? Definitely. So we get this idea that the Jotun are active at night and turn to stone during the daylight hours. And so this was obviously depicted in Troll Hunter, right? We get the UV lights. It's like the kryptonite for trolls. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was kind of... They they depicted it in Troll Hunter as something that was final. It was permanent. It wasn't as if these things transitioned from day to night, right? You're stone during right. the day, you're active during the night, then you go back to stone, and you just keep repeating the cycle. What's your guys' thoughts on that, though? So I never thought of it in the sense of... Because I think what you're elaborating to is something to where it's stone during the day, and then once night falls around gargoyle style, they become mm-hmm. alive Very again. much so. Very much, yeah. I I mean, I've never thought about that with trolls, and it's kind of weird because stuff like gargoyles, um, the show and everything, that's fine. Like, but in like the Hobbit, they describe trolls as being like the ones that are turned to stone are there and done. But it's like They're how done, would yeah, yeah it's, it's like final. how would would they act? I mean, be able to you know be around if if that's the case. I mean, never being able to come out in the sunlight or anything. It's weird. Right. Also, if I'm remembering correctly from Troll Hunter, it's the older ones that normally explode. Right. Because they don't have that elasticity. Yeah. And the younger ones were just turned to stone. Yeah, that's right. And I think because mm-hmm. like the three headed one that he mm-hmm. ends up tipping over, it doesn't explode yep. because it, it was like an adolescent, like the heads weren't fully developed or something yep. like that. I think that was maybe the comment they made. Yep. And then correctly. the one that was under the bridge that exploded when it got exposed to the light was, um, was, I guess, an older one. Which is so bizarre. And I mean, I love mm-hmm. how they obviously, you know, get into the, uh, the biology behind that, which mm-hmm. we talk about on, on, on your show. So everybody should go back and check that out and obviously watch troll hunter. If you haven't, what do you, what do you do and what rock are you under? But, uh, <laughs> Why don't we just get into some of these trolls then, the ones that, that they talked about in Troll Hunter, because it does fall in line. I mean, they were playing on the tropes that, like, like that Norwegians and people from Iceland and these Scandinavian states, like, they, it's close and it's close to, close to home. I mean, close, technically speaking, but also in terms of what they believe in. You know what I mean? Like, it was playing on these themes, like, don't go into the woods, or caves are known for certain types of trolls, or the fjords in the far, far reaches are known for even larger ones, which they end up encountering at the end. So I don't know. Why don't we kick things off with uh, the mountain troll? So the mountain trolls are said to live in remote caves, extremely hard to reach. These are rocky places, they're remote, they're in and around fjords and outcrops and things of that nature. We did see these types of trolls depicted in the film Troll Hunter, Mm -hmm. and they were described as mountain kings, and we saw them living in a group or a family as it kind of resembled. They had these hilarious mm-hmm. noses that looked much like an overgrown pear, and they were kind of smaller than the other ones that they we were. see, like yeah. especially the the megalith, as we can call it, at the very giant. end there, like the giant, feet tall or whatever the heck exactly. It was, right? mm-hmm. And when we started doing research, we were like differentiating between mountain trolls and forest trolls. But there are many parallels between the two. And in most cases, they are described as dumb, brutish, and large to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, forest trolls are also known, like we've already mentioned before, they have these multiple heads that aren't 
things that they're born with. They are things that they earn. And this comes along with age, longevity, uh, tons in film, tr- film. <laughs> in film hunter. In film hunter. <laughs> in, in troll hunter. <laughs> he claimed, and I feel like this is a very interesting point. He said that these are not real heads. And they're like in nothing. Like there's not real mouse. It's not like it's going to eat you. It's not like they can mm-hmm. see with the eyes. It's all just for show. Right. And it's these head-like growths. They're tumors, essentially, that are used to intimidate and attract in whichever case, right? So intimidate your foes, attract a beautiful female. It's like antlers or something, for, right? For the purpose of I was going to say peacock feathers. Or peacock feathers. Exactly, yeah. And the thing is, these things would have significance, right? Because it's it's important. It's like a, a buck with his antlers. Totally. And these things can only mate once in their life, supposedly. According to Hans, in Trollhunter. I forgot about that. We're going back to the film. <laughs> okay. Right? So they have a gestation period of anywhere from 10 to 15 years. They only um, they only replicate once or reproduce once in their life. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that we talked about when we covered uh, Trollhunter on our film Friday. But I don't think we remember to talk about it on the episode on, on, on your shows, this mm-hmm. idea of the... The, the time period in between and like that's a another uh, reason potentially why if you believe any of the, <laughs> obviously this is a mo- like a docudrama or whatever but it, it is based off of things that people believe i say mockumentary this- more than docudrama because docudrama you is laugh like out loud based on you laughed out real. loud no 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 I, no, I no, 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 no 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 the, the film was a comedy the, th- no. think of it <laughs> you, you did you laugh out loud you thought okay we'll, we'll go with that i guess that's <laughs> that's fine um i totally lost my train of thought so let's just keep going well, I was just oh, kinda... no, 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 you're, you're talking about the time frame that, that, like, these trolls, I mean, what's their lifespan, technically? Mm. Right. Like, if they have a gestation period of, like, a decade, I mean... They're living hundreds, if not thousands. Long, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a number that we never actually got in our research, because, to be honest, I feel like these things could go on forever. This is just me speaking strictly, this is conjecture. <laughs> but I feel like if they don't encounter things, like... I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Is it that, that it, they could be functionally immortal? Like exactly, is it, isn't it lobsters that are functionally immortal? Like they oh, don't. Oh yeah. Or I don't know about that, but I'm even thinking back to the Norse gods, right? And how they are technically not immortal, but they can't. You know, they won't die of old age. Right. Why don't you speak to that really quick, there, Zanger? Like, like recap from part one. Okay, so the Norse gods, for the most part, are immor- are functionally immortal in the sense of. They don't grow old per se, and they don't um, really age. There is a story where there's a set of apples that they eat that kind of provide them with that longevity and everything. That that hmm. uh, particular um, apple story does play into a certain goat and Loki story. But you know, <laughs> if if you listen to the previous part of this, you'll you'll know more about that. But yeah, they're they're functionally immortal. Like they can die from being killed, and it's hinted that old age could kill them. But at the same time, since they are eating these apples, they don't age, and that's the thing. Right. A lot of things in the world of Norse mythology don't really age, and trolls are mentioned on on occasions, and the Jotun are also mentioned, the giants and stuff. And it is one of those things where I feel the line between the Jotun and the trolls are blurred sometimes. Right. In yeah. the stories and in, I think, a lot of mythology, too. 
which mm-hmm. definitely complicates things a little bit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Makes it more fun at the same time, too. Oh, yeah. I thought it was pretty interesting. We mentioned this uh, on, on your episode there, the idea of uh, bridge trolls and playing off of the sort of classic mm-hmm. English tale of the Billy Gro- uh, Goat's Gruff, which you brought mm-hmm. up, uh, which yes. is, of course, a part of the English lexicon of sort of like fairy tale trolls and not uh, particularly Scandinavian in nature. But uh, we still thought it was interesting that they used it in a Norwegian film because it's obviously something that everyone would recognize and things mm-hmm. like that and uh you know like it's it was a, a great literary yeah it, and then exactly transform into film and yeah so like in that sense i totally agree with you guys like that is 100 percent hitting on the mock the mockumentary point because it's very very specific to like a clear yeah. like nursery like nursery rhyme essentially you know what i mean like what every kid knew about you know what i mean but oh yeah I, I thought this was funny too because amber you pulled you found another type of troll that i didn't come across that was particularly interesting called uh, the Moomins. Are you talking about the Moomins? The Moomins. The Moomins. I've got two smaller trolls. The Moomins are the cutest, and I love them. I have another one, though, too, I'll ta- just briefly mention here, and we're talking about cave trolls, and these are depicted as generally smaller. To be honest, <laughs> again, we're, we're blurring lines here all over the place. They remind me of goblins because they live almost entirely underground. They are not surface creatures, and they are smaller than humans. What does that remind you of, Andrew? Mm. <laughs> All those, uh, the, uh, exactly. Many things. Yeah, and they're supposedly having a large, round abdomen, and they have stubby arms and legs. Hmm. Um, like <laughs> Interesting, because um, I watched a recent uh, documentary. Uh, my, my kids wanted to watch it. Um, it. You may have heard of it, Frozen 2, um, and of course the original Frozen. <laughs> Do actually have trolls in them, and they're, the, of course, the little boulders and stuff, and this description more fits them of the, you know, round bod- round abdomen with the stubby arms. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So. They kind of remind me of my little doll trolls from the 90s. And I'd... That too. and yeah. and the, so. And also mm-hmm. the great documentary that my children also enjoy watching, the Trolls movie, which is the one we keep referring to. And they have a new one coming out called, I think, World Tour or something. But I have to say, anyways. that was an amazing family movie. I will mm-hmm. say family, not children's, because I'm not a child and I really enjoy that. <laughs> it's, it's great for all ages. Amazing. And just the songs, the message. Mm-hmm. Even, okay, wait, who was it? It was like Justin Bieber or something. Timberlake. Oh, Timberlake. Was it? It, was, Timberlake. it was Justin Timberlake. Yes. Get out of here. I know. I was going to say, I, I forgave it for something, but I honestly, I can't fault them for having Justin Timberlake on. Oh, He's Timberlake. amazing. Timberlake's so no, awesome. no, that was, that was just really well done. And I really appreciated it. And it just made me feel really good when I was feeling really bad. I was really sick when I watched that movie. So <laughs> that was a nice little pick me up. Let's get into the movements though, because yeah. they're even cuter than the last ones I mentioned. But before we get into that, let's have a quick word from our sponsor. We here at Into the Portal know that there are many out there who suffer from thoughts and feelings that interfere with overall happiness and well-being. I'd say that's especially true in these strange times we find ourselves in most recently, here in Canada and around the world. BetterHelp is there for you, with licensed professional counselors who are available remotely in a safe and private online environment. Yeah, totally. It's amazing how modern technology can enable us to get the help we need on our own time and through your own preferred methods of contact, including secure video or phone sessions, plus online chat and text messaging with your therapist, too. What's really great is how BetterHelp is available worldwide. Anything you share with your specially matched therapist is completely confidential, and you can change counselors at any time for no additional fee. 
BetterHelp has licensed professionals who are specialized in everything from depression, anxiety, family conflicts, and many other areas that may not be locally available to you. And best of all, it's truly affordable. And all Into the Portal listeners get 10% off your first month using discount code PORTAL. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com portal. That's P-O-R-T-A-L. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that can make a difference in your life. That's betterhelp.com portal using discount code portal. P-O-R-T-A-L. All right, now let's get into the movements. They were actually made famous by a Finnish author slash artist by the name of Tove Jansen, and she commemorated them in her collective work called The Moomins, which was a series of books and comic strips that were released between 1945 and 1993. And it cool. followed a family of Moomins, and they lived in Moomin Valley, and they had all sorts of adventures, <laughs> and it was amazing. And they basically, this is my favorite part, they kind of resemble hippopotamuses. <laughs> And hippos are my absolute favorite. I grew up with a like a stuffed hippo. I bought him well, my mom bought him for me when I was like eight, and I have him to this day. I won't say how old I am. I'm in my late twenties, <laughs> but I, he's right beside my bed. <laughs> so, anyways, these creatures they have large snouts, and they're in many ways the opposites oh. of the Jotnar and the Hujafolk. Aren't they adorable? Are you looking at? Yeah, them I just got a, I just got an image of them, and I'm like, that is. I feel like I saw that as a kid at some point. Probably yeah, they were very famous. Super cute. Super famous, and obviously, yeah, this uh, Tove Jansen made them that way, and they're just the total opposite of everything we're talking about, which is why I wanted to bring them up. Uh, they are very sweet. They're carefree. They look on the bright side of life, and they're friendly. So you don't have to really avoid them if you happen to run into one of these movements, <laughs> if you ever do, which if you do, please take photos. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Send them right? to me. <laughs> so sort of the opposite of some of these other uh, these other types of trolls that Isn't we've been that talking so about cute, so though? far. It's we a nice, it's a it nice, nice contrast uh, yeah. to the uh, mm-hmm. some of the car smashing and uh, and and other and mm. tree <laughs> ripping and and the destructive elements and other, yes. and other things. We can't forget about those. No. No. And the Moomins, it never really comes up with them, uh, the idea of turning to stone either. Not as far as I'm aware. I actually, I haven't read any of those books, but I don't think they were set during the nighttime exclusively. So, right. hmm. so no, they, they're, they're set take. during the day. I just looked it there up. There you go. There were uh-huh. some trailers and stuff, and it's definitely daytime, and they're mm-hmm. out and about. <laughs> the Moomins. The they're the exception. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of want to jump into that. Let's, let's, let's talk about turning to stone. Let's maybe try to go into that in a little bit more mm. detail because mm. across basically, you know, the countrysides of Norway, Sweden, Iceland, uh, they're littered with boulders, you know, across sort of areas of glaciation and different things like that. Amber has a few points to make on that, but they're sort of curiously placed. They, they look very interesting, right? And uh, although conventional geology would argue uh, sort of otherwise that they're not really placed in a curious way per se, there's thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people in these states that believe that they arrived in these sort of quote unquote, like final resting places, I guess, not by accident, uh, but on purpose, so to speak, they were, they were placed there. They were thrown there. They were there because of trolls, uh, because they were said Mm -hmm. to be the weapons of the giants. So giant boulders and different shaped rocks were the weapons of giant trolls that once, you know, were said to be roaming this landscape of northern Norway and Iceland and hiding amongst the cliffs, which I just find so freaking cool. And 
Of course, there's the boulders that are said to be the leftover weapons of these giant trolls chucking them at each other. But then there's also rocks that curiously, curiously kind of look themselves like trolls, which are, of course, those that, you know, didn't quite make it back to their home base in time and were exposed to sunlight and are left as these monuments uh, that do indeed, some of them look like sitting or standing trolls. They really do. It's uh, it's it's pretty crazy, really. So just something interesting. I know we brought this up probably, but um, to show the level of research and detail that went into the movie Troll Hunter that's mentioned in there where Hans has the sketches of these valleys mm-hmm. with all these rocks and he, you know, sees if there's been any troll fights recently and everything. And he talks about them, you know, throwing rocks at each other and everything and whatnot. And I know that um, it's mentioned in The Hobbit and I think Lord of the Rings as well that um, that giants in those throw rocks at each other as well. That rock throwing is something that takes place. I know that, of course, um, Tolkien did take a lot from mythology and everything. So that's oh, totally. interesting that that's also there. And also, of course, as I mentioned earlier, the turning to stone as well. So across, I mean, it's crossed over into a lot of different mm-hmm. things, obviously. One mm-hmm. specific place that you can go to find, I mean, it's one of the most iconic for this, is a, a park called, uh, oh my gosh, okay, <laughs> uh, uh, Trolled uh, tin, uh, Tinter? Tinder, oh gosh, ah, tind, tind turn. turn, trolled tind turn. Mm. Oh man, my Norwegian accent is no good. Nope. Uh, it's essentially troll and, and non-existent, actually. <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> troll peak. So riddled with these massive stones, and uh, yeah, it falls back into Norse legend, and of course, this is where the massive armies of trolls were said to be battling each other, and these are the remnants of it, which I think is pretty sweet. Pretty sweet although amber's got some uh some well, a little poo-pooing on there for no that, i don't I have any poo-pooing i was just going to mention a few uh more standard points and in, in relation to like glacial landscapes which is what we're talking about um with, with get these your areas. science out of here because <laughs> this is no place for science i know and i did like how you brought up troll hunter again and hans right because he has his overlay right he's got his like little transparent Mm -hmm. sheet where he's like mapped out the rocks and knows exactly where they're supposed to be and the movements and when he sees something that's out of place and he knows there's activity which i love because when you look at these landscapes these rocks do look really out of place it's these beautifully carved valleys u-shaped valleys that are quite deep quite wide and then you have these random elements of just these beautiful stones that can be smooth they can be they can be not they're quite rough and they just look like they've just been plopped there <laughs> and so a lot of people are like they look mm-hmm. at that and they think how the hell could that have happened and a lot of the times it is because of the melting of a glacier that was formerly there and there are things known as abrasion and plucking and and these are forces at work they're erosional forces and when a glacier melts they do leave these remnants so i'll just give a quick Quick little brevity little thing on here. So obviously, yeah, we know a glacier is a slowly moving mass of ice. And this is formed over many years of accumulation of snow and ice. And they do glide across the land. So they do cause erosion. And the two main types are this abrasion and plucking. So plucking occurs when rocks and stones become frozen to the base or sides of a glacier. They're literally plucked from the ground and added (laughs) as the glacier moves. And so this can cause a jagged landscape. And again, like I mentioned, when the glacier again melts, it'll leave behind these stones. Some of them are huge. It just depends what it picks up. 
Abrasion is another force, and it occurs when the rocks and stones become embedded in the base and sides of the glacier. These rub against bedrock and rock faces, and they form these striations. And they're these beautiful marks. They're just, they're, when you see them, you can't help but just look at them in awe most of the time, right? Like we see it all the time when we're going on the Coquihalla or even moving through the Okanagan Valley. And I'm sure, Zanger, you have your own local versions of that too. But it's just, for me, when I look at those, some I, I imagine a giant scraping his fingernails across the rock face. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it reminds me of King Kong or something. It's just so <laughs> epic. But these are actually natural forces. So I like how you can you can embed some sort of normality into it. But again, right, if you're watching these closely, where are the movements? What's going right. on? And I'm also reminded, right. again, of dwarf rock, right? The, the rock of the dwarves that moved. And it supposedly went from the base of that, uh, what was it? It was some sort of temple or something that the uh, settlers had put, and then they decided to move it across the fjord. Yeah, yeah. Remember that story? Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, and then the rock yes. ended up traveling and coming next to the temple again, or the church or whatever it was, the kirkyard, or I don't even know. But again, it's just like these really fun stories and narratives that you can embed into the geography, which I think is happening a lot of the times with things like this. But again, it's like, which came first? Right. But I, like, like what, <laughs> but like what, what Zenger said, though, like, I feel like in Troll Hunter, they kind of hedge their bets a little bit with mm-hmm. with science and that with the they photograph do. thing. Because they make it's it like, very believable. It's like, oh, yeah, it's placed potentially by glaciation, but maybe they're being reused or like what's been displaced. Like that's what the photograph is for. It's like matching things up. Right. So it's like exactly. what was placed there by glaciation. And then was it maybe moved or reused or thrown or used as a clearly whatever. the glaciers aren't there anymore. So You're right. Exactly. Hmm. So it's <laughs> yeah. very curious stuff. Also, thank, thank you for the uh, geography and not, not ge- geology lesson. There we go. Um, geology <laughs> lesson there. Um, the other thing with this is this is stuff that takes place on a scale of like hundreds of years too, mm-hmm. if, if I'm correct. I mean, hundreds yes, of stuff. Me- yeah. And that, that's the thing for people to understand that I think is something that maybe goes beyond our, our reckoning sometimes. I mean, we measure stuff in minutes where a glacier can measure stuff in normal circumstances. Exactly. Totally. Like that. I'm going to, I'm going to disclude for this comment here. Oh, totally. But, but glaciers measure stuff in centuries. We measure mm-hmm. stuff in minutes. Like to them, a minute is a nothing. It is it is a <laughs> <Right>. non thing. <laughs> right. It's like it's just for like um, relative terms. It's like you know moving at glacial speed. Hmm. Yes. What, <laughs> you know, not moving very fast. Not moving. <laughs> Something that we look at and like that is clearly stationary. Yet somehow it is actually moving. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> Yeah, pretty yeah. interesting, right? Uh, relativism, yeah, it's it's amazing. <laughs> Beyond the boulders, though, like I said a minute ago, there's some actual physical rock formations and features that really do look like actual trolls exposed to sunlight. Totally, and there are people that really do believe this, and it looks oh, yeah. it looks pretty convincing. I mean, and, it's pretty awesome. You want to believe it? Oh, to- and these aren't things that I'm going to try to explain away with a geology lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, get your science out of here. Yeah, who do you think you're, Chris Cogswell? Get the I'm hell sorry. out of here. No, I just, I really like geology and I really like rocks and I really like talking about them. So I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I just wanted to do that for one second. <laughs> I but, really hope wait. Chris listens to this episode and gets that little shot in. I'd love that. <laughs> anyway. Welcome to the rock podcast. Today we have a rock. <laughs> I, I know it's a very exciting day. <laughs> We're going to now look at the rock. 
We're going to talk about this rock for about four and a half hours. So you okay. guys prepared for this? <laughs> rock part one. Here we go. I'm, I'm now flipping over the rock. <laughs> There's still some dirt on the bottom. <laughs> and then we'll dust it off. Uh, let's talk about a cool rock, though. Okay, I've cool got rocks. one here that you guys might be interested in. Uh, it's called Rennes Drangar. And it's Ooh. a formation that is very famous. And it consists of three large rock pillars standing in the ocean. Uh, between the village Vic and Rayan's Vajara. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's going to be really loud. <laughs> Anyways, oh, that's, that's the best so I can do, good. guys. That's uh, so good. But this is very interesting. Uh, it, it looks very epic. For me, I, I kind of looked at it from a few different angles. I was like, well, you can. I feel like on some angles it looks a lot more trollish, and others it doesn't. Yeah, you got to so use It depends on the sunlight, bit. the time of day all that kind of thing but the legend has it that two trolls were trying to carry or drag i should say a three-masted ship to shore when the daylight broke and they were turned to stone what happened to the ship in that one hmm. Ooh. who knows yeah Ooh, <laughs> we don't <laughs> that's an interesting formation isn't it, it doesn't, beautiful it doesn't sorry, sorry I, I looked it up it's very isn't yeah. that interesting it's strange looking and i do love that legend because obviously it goes along with like the trolls that were definitely man eaters and uh, clearly large enough to wander out into a bay and uh, grab a three-masted ship like a spanish galleon or something and friggin drag it to mm-hmm. shore mm-hmm. didn't really work out obviously drag oh sorry the ship you mean the ship yeah, oh, yeah i sorry. didn't quite make I, it i started to jump ahead to the next one here and i was like wait a second what are you talking about <laughs> oh yeah no <laughs> sorry You're i was talking okay so i'm on to this next one here which is called <clears throat> arn s depar arn s depar hmm and this is again at sea and it's close to arns in the west fjords and folklore and legend says that these pillars were once two trolls and their dog and they were also similarly surprised by the sun on their way back from a gra- gathering, a gathering, yeah, a, a glacial gathering, apparently, <laughs> a gathering at the Drangos. Oh, f- why do you throw these things in here, Andrew? These what do you mean? Lovely I don't little make up these I have words. to go ahead and pronounce. These are they're just Norwegian words. They I were don't... a gathering at a glacier. <laughs> okay, uh, drag. Oh yeah, no, that's tough. Thank Zanger, you. Zanger, you wanted to give that a go? Do you see this? What we're Hold looking on. at here. Hold on one second. I see it. Hold on. Dra- Dragol Gicol? Thank you. Dragon Gicol. I'm, I'm guessing. At I'm least guessing. you tried. That flows real I, nice. That's more than I, I was going to do. <laughs> what a pretty name. Okay. But they were gathering at a glacier, which again, we're talking about glaciers, huh? That's interesting. <laughs> we do <laughs> love glaciers around hanging. here. That's a huge hanging thing. Anyways. <sighs> Okay, well, this next one definitely wasn't from a glacier. Or was it? Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. Are you going to just totally spoil this parade? I'm because not the saying sitting anything troll... from a glacier. I was saying there was a connection to a glacier, and we were previously talking about the glaciers, so... You just like saying the word glacier, I, I think. Glacial the sitting speed. troll. I was trying to find this photograph for, like, probably oh, an hour no. and a half yesterday, and this it was the bad. weirdest thing, because it just I had seen it a million times before, but then for some reason, as soon as I went to actually look for it, I could not find it. I finally did. And this is probably my favorite, my favorite troll feature, monument, whatever you want to call it. It's a, a giant that appears to be sitting, a sitting troll turned to stone. It, it looks like the Yotar, like the, like, the, like the giant from Troll Hunter, the most massive one, you know, 300 feet tall or whatever. And 
it, so it essentially looks like it just ge- it just gave up. It was like an older troll that just sat down and just accepted its fate. It's like kind Abe of, Lincoln. And actually, Zenger, at the very bottom of uh, of the doc here that we're sharing is is the is the image. If you want to just scroll down to the bottom. Oh no! It was funny because I looked up. The, I lo- was trying to look it up, and the first thing that popped up was the, an image of the big troll from Troll Hunter, and I'm like, mm, mm. "Don't think that's right." Right? Yeah. No. Right. Right at the bottom of the dock here, it's like I'm going down. Mm-hmm. Or is it there? It took us a while to find again. Or did I get rid of it? No. Which is there. weird. It was one of the first images we ever found. When we were looking. Oh, at all this stuff. wait! Is it the one with the snow and everything? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Pretty the cool. The sun's looking, hitting right? it just right. That is like pareidolia and enough of a lot of other things. That is, that's really cool. Yeah. Like it legitimately looks like something just sitting there. Like the full features of everything. And it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of perfect. It's, it's almost too perfect. But it is, it is a legitimate you know, rock formation. It reminds me sometimes when I'm staring off into space. Maybe I'm looking at a cloud. Maybe I'm looking at our towels when I'm sitting on <laughs> Anyways, and it's just like you see things, right? Because that's what our brain is meant to do. It, it turns things that look slightly anthropomorphic and just transforms it into something that, yeah. you know, is instantly recognizable. Yeah, it happens to me a lot. I see faces and everything, and mm-hmm. I and this is like the extreme of that with the full form. But in, in the grain of wood, in all sorts of yeah. crazy stuff. Yeah. But but if I mean, it does fall in line with the legends and myths, and it do, it almost looks too good to be true. I mean, it, if it is just a coincidence, it it, it it's 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 mm-hmm. really really cool, obviously. But the science they talk about in Troll Hunter, which is obviously just mockumentary science, does a pretty good job of kind of explaining it. Or at least making a case, you know, the idea of not being able to convert vitamin D, you know, uh, it, it, you know, it, it calcifies um, because their 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 bodies can't handle it, and it goes through their veins, and their blood calcifies or whatever it was, um, and then expands and things like that. But I don't know. I mean, there's definitely, I don't even know. We can come back to all this at the end. Hmm. No, it's an interesting point, to say the least. So, all right. Let's talk about the transition of uh, of trolls, sort of their identity, a little bit of the evolution into uh, Christian lore and that lens, because that's what they sort of play on in Troll Hunter, which is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. The idea of smelling Christian sweat and blood. Did anyone? Did, did either of you have any points to make right off the top before we even like talk about any of this stuff? So, I was going to say something. I actually glanced real quick, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of vaguely mentioned in your notes, so I don't want to steal from that too much. But the whole um, Christian blood thing, I mean, isn't that Jack and the Beans? B five O from I Smell the Blood of an... Oh, wait. No, that's I Smell the Blood of an Englishman. Yeah. Well, I've heard the other version. I Smell the Blood of a Christian Man. I've heard that, too. Or maybe I am thinking of maybe Trolls. I don't Eng- know. I mean, it's definitely the sweat. So presumably all bodily fluids would fall into that category. <laughs> Because there's like, you know, that that definitely gets mentioned. There was a few articles I came across where church bells and blood were mentioned in the same thing. So it was like, if you're a Christian, it can smell your blood. But if you're already bleeding, does it really matter if a troll finds you unless you just nicked yourself? It's just kind of a strange thing. The sweat kind of makes more sense to me. But the church bells came up. This idea that as, you know, pagan populations converted into Christianity, they obviously had already been having confrontations with these creatures potentially and then really drove them into i guess potential near extinction or how whatever you want to call it we're talking the 15 year cycle and different things like that so they developed essentially an aversion to things like ringing church bells you know the smell of christians because it was a threat to them very much like an any animal would develop 
like I mentioned on the last one, the sea turtles, you know, running away from uh, from the North Sentinelese, things mm-hmm. like that. So um, here's what I found. Uh, Jack and the Giant Killer. Fee fi fo fum. I smell the blood of an English man. Be mm. he alive or be he dead, I'll grind his bones to make my bread. That right. sounds familiar. A little yep. bit of a variation. And I, yeah, even... giants and trolls cross over a little, I guess. I'll, I'll give it to that. Giants and trolls, where that's well, that's basically where we're going to next here. We're talking about biblical references to giants. Dun dun dun. Could bum, this bum, be bum. a Christian version of the troll? We have some interesting evidence and some, you know, literature references too from Genesis. The book of Genesis 6 book where reads. There were giants in the earth in those days. This is speaking of like the preformed earth kind of thing. And also after that, where the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bare children unto them. And the same became mighty men of some of which were, or sorry, which were of old men of renown. <laughs> sorry, butchered that last part there. <laughs> Anyways, this was a, uh, an interesting, I think it was the King James version of the Bible that I grabbed that from. But we've seen other references to this too. We saw yeah. it in the film adaption of Noah, the Nephilim. We, there was an extensive series on it on uh, Astonishing Legends, and it was brilliant. It was really well done, very Definitely. comprehensive. These fallen ones, supposedly. So, in my mind, I'm thinking maybe there could be some sort of connection. I have. I've got a nugget coming along here in a little <laughs> bit. I, sorry guys, I thought it was coming up right now. <laughs> Some evidence related to this giantism. Before we get into that though, uh, trolls in modern times. Yeah, let's let's just mention it, I guess. Uh, I kind of just wanted to dive into the thing. Let's just get right into it then. Sorry, I just got a little lost there. I'm just going to skip over this whole part. Um, do you mind doing a little? Yeah. Um. Okay. So let's get into some evidence here. This is not really troll oriented per se, but it is giant, giant related per se. So we're tying these two together, like we making drawing black lines are. between the and idea. People of... might gripe with that a little bit, but we got to try. We got to try here because we we go global with a lot of things. We like to connect things from different cultures all over the world, right? We try, yeah. And obviously we've stayed in the realm of Scandinavia for all of the series. But I wanted to mention some things that could perhaps be connected to forms of giant humanoids that maybe could be trolls. And some people have online interpreted it that way, but I'm not going to, you know, put too much into that. I did want to mention a few things here. We've got a couple of dates. Uh, The first comes from 1912, and this is very vague. It was somewhere in Africa. We're talking remote Africa, and there was this massive humanoid footprint that was found. Going to the next date here, we've got 1944, RAF recon flight. This is the fun fun one. This is one that you'll like, and you've probably already seen online, Zanger. Uh, this was a, an RAF recon flight, and they captured images of what appeared to be a troll over Norway, and it got people going. This was viral. This was huge, yeah. and it looks really interesting until you realize it's from Troll Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
man. Yeah. Yep, the internet. The, the second I saw the time and it's saying RAF, I'm like, oh, I didn't even need to read the rest of your guys' notes. I'm like, oh, this is the fake one from Trollhunter. Yeah, it is. Which is such Which, a shame. But... If this was if this was viral marketing by them, kudos. Actually, that's a good question. I wonder if that was. I don't know if it was or not. If, if it was, good job. No kidding. If that it would wasn't, be brilliant. whoever did it, good job. Seriously, no <laughs> doubt. Very much so. We're getting into. We're skipping about 40, or sorry, 54 years? 44 years? Yeah, 44. 44 years ahead to 1988 when BILD, or B-I-L-D, which was a German magazine, documents the discovery of what was appeared to be a giant finger. This thing was supposedly 38 centimeters. Sorry, I don't have the inches for everyone that's outside of Canada. <laughs> but it was supposedly incredibly preserved, and it was found near Egypt. And... Very murky backstory on this one. Yeah. So it was supposedly documented by a photographer by the name of Gregory Spiori, and he traveled to Egypt in 1988 to meet with an individual who was supposedly of a grave robber dynasty. And him and his family had found this artifact. So Spiori went to travel uh, approximately 100 kilometers outside of Cairo to this small, you know, modest farmhouse. Nothing to speak of in this <laughs> in this small little village called Beer Hooker. <laughs> Beer Hooker. <laughs> Anyways, he oh, what um, a place. he examined the artifact. He took photos. So Spiri had this to say, and I will say this is a reprint on a blog from Propaganda that was originally from this magazine article published by Bild in the 1980s. So he describes it as an oblong package that smelled musty. And he was actually allowed to handle the artifact. He was allowed to take pictures. He actually did put a bill. uh, I think it was Egyptian, or maybe it could have been from his home country, but it was a bill put next to it just for size comparison. Sure. And he said that it was weighed approximately a few hundred grams. I don't know. Obviously, this is something that's been mummified, so a lot of weight would be taken away mm-hmm. from it. Supposedly, the grave robber, as he was described, showed him a certificate of authenticity along with an X-ray image, which were both taken in the 1960s. So this was interesting. This guy showed it to him. He let him handle it. He let him take photos. He did not sell it to him. He didn't want him to take it, which in my mind, immediately, I screams hoax, right? But a lot of people thought that it was legit, and they still think to this day it's a very controversial piece of evidence. They have gone back to him or tried to go back to this guy in Cairo or outside of Cairo in Beer Hooker, but they haven't been able to find him. So all of this has been non-verified. However, Spoary has taken extreme lengths to go back and try and find this artifact again. He has not been able to. However, this appendage that we're talking about, this is literally a thumb. It's massive when you look at it compared to like the bill. And supposedly it would have belonged to a giant that would have been three or sorry, five meters in height or 16 ish feet tall. Yikes. Yeah. Crazy. So a lot of people obviously doubt the veracity of this artifact, even though it was supposedly accompanied by x-ray documents and a certificate of authenticity, which was left uh kind of blank as opposed to who actually cert- like certified it or issued this certificate and all that kind of thing right yeah and there was no age that's been reported as well so you would think an age would be indicated on the certificate of authenticity but no hmm. such luck i guess spory didn't think to take a picture of that 
<laughs> what are your initial thoughts on that zinger? Um, hoax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and a lot I of mean, people do it, think that. It's, when you look at this thing, it's like, could this be the only known artifact that could possibly? Because it has that distinct fingernail type thing coming off it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brought down to an Egyptian pharaoh because there was a from a far off distant land a creature the the, the thumb of a of a troll creature. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it. It, it is interesting, the idea, the prospect, though, of... Supposedly got it. Tr- yeah, that's true. The idea of giants in general, I, I guess. And mm-hmm. like you referenced the Astonishing Legends series. I mean, it does tie into this for me, because if they can exist in one place, we're talking Scandinavian, there, there, there's stories of giants and troll-like, I'm air quoting yes. here, things across the world. And so. that's kind of... <laughs> That's the thing that I'm kind of like trying to gloss over is like there's different cultural conceptions of these types of creatures. It could be giants in one case. It could be Jotun in others. It could be trolls. Like, you know what I mean? It, it could be a lot of different variations, which right. we get into that a lot in the show. <laughs> Very true. It's all your lens, man. You're seeing it through. Have you guys ever heard of a guy named uh, Eric Natarud? Does that ring a bell for anyone? Oh, yeah, definitely. No. So, no. He passed away a few years ago, but he was a pretty well-known uh, Norwegian cryptozoologist. This is my little transition here, because this guy was trying to essentially prove the things that Amber just talked about, right? Like, taking little bits of evidence. He was he was the believer. He was sort of like the Lauren Coleman on steroids, if you will, like, from the, little, <laughs> from the things that I read, right? You know, like, he was really a Fox Mulder, I want to believe type guy, but did good research. So he was... He was retired, but really active in the community uh, as far as cryptozoology and writing articles and different things like that. And he was also an accomplished artist, and he's actually known for troll art. He specifically drew uh, trolls, which was pretty interesting. Um, But he documented, because we mentioned this a while back talking to you, Zanger, how it was like really hard to find actual modern accounts of trolls, like people running into these things. And Amber and I try like we we've been searching for weeks and you find a million different things on reddit blogs and different things like that half of them were like 50 pages long and then by the end of it you don't even know if they're still talking about trolls or if they're talking about elves or a video game or a bizarre dream they had or whatever right this one was actually pretty interesting and this was documented by eric natterud this was from the early 90s uh and uh was published in a local newspaper with a really hard to pronounce name Maybe Zenger can give that a go at some point in time here again as well. Our our, our registered uh, Norse translation expert. <laughs> Which I am wrong every time, I bet. Gudrun Sodlin? Gudrun Slodlin? Yeah, sure. Okay, Let's okay. go with that. All right, fine. Anyway, this was uh, uh, coming from the local newspaper and was a pretty bizarre little story. So it goes as follows. So this is direct from, from a translation from this newspaper. So a bizarre car accident has happened on one of our most, uh, our, on one of our mountain roads between Vinstra and Gala, G-A-A-L-A-A. <laughs> a brand new and deserted BMW <clears throat> was found totally wrecked this morning. The police admits that the destruction of the vehicle seems uncalled for as there was no sign of collision with any other car. Neither uh, were there any skid marks in the gravel cover on the road indicating a panic stop, a panicked stop for moose or sheep. <laughs> a wire fence along the road was ripped open, but the quote from uh, a policeman to the reporter was, but I have yet to seen a perfectly maintained wire fence around here. So that didn't really strike them as odd. 
The presumed car owner was found in the vicinity in a severe state of shock and disorder. He was taken to the local hospital by ambulance, but just uh, just in case uh, that, that alcohol was uh, responsible for this incident. But there was an eyewitness who first found him that claimed that this hysterical and shrieking man was screaming over and over again, it bloody stomped my car on purpose while the ambulance personnel, while the paramedics were working hard to try and to calm him down, eventually they succeeded in doing so. So he was basically claiming that something massive had stomped the shit out of his car. There was no other collision. He didn't run into a tree. And the local police would follow up with a statement uh, the following day. This was kind of weird. This is obviously all Norwegian translation too. So the first statement goes... As trolls are not mentioned in the game laws here, there is a possibility that there exists no leash regulations or hunting pro- prohibitions whatsoever concerning these alleged trolls. <laughs> Quote unquote, like they're mocking it, right? And then later he would say, the investigate that uh, spokesperson for the police department would say, the investigation has revealed, revealed no new information. It is still a mystery how the car was damaged and why the wreck was left uh, where it was found. The case uh, is dismissed because of low budget resources and lack of motive and evidence. So it just got pushed to the side. That was uh, one of the stranger things that I was able to find. Hmm. And it's obviously uh, maybe something that uh, they took influence with uh, tr- on in Troll Hunter, probably a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't I didn't know if any if that rang a bell for anyone while I was reading that out there. But I think uh, the director of Troll Hunter might have read some of uh, Eric Natarud's reports. I wonder if there's any slime on the the wreckage. Ooh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Some drool and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's jump back into some crazy conspiracy theory stuff because we're kind of working our way towards theories and not coming down to the end end of the episode. But this was some pretty weird, weird conspiracy theory stuff that I wanted to get into because it's just very strange. So the belief in Norway is obviously really strong. We've talked about that this entire time, Mm. right? I found this this really interesting blog that was talking about some pretty crazy stuff uh, that was basically saying that all the themes in Troll Hunter were built off of real initiatives done by the Norwegian government, or at least playing off of themes of what had gone on all the way from after World War II. So this article talks about how Norway during the Cold War didn't really accept NATO as a guardian per se, uh, but they did work with them, but they had strict rules in terms of foreign troops in certain areas of the North. Uh, One of them being no foreign troops on Norwegian uh, soil during peacetime in certain areas of the North and bordering the USSR. And the other they mentioned talking about no allied maneuvers uh, in the County of Finnmark, which was in a bunch of other articles referenced for troll sightings, Mm. which I thought was kind of interesting hmm. uh and the reason for this as far as conspiracy theorists go of course is that foreign troops in norway would potentially have access to these sort of uninhabited uh, swaths of land where there's sort of these separating spaces between populations of norway and the land of midgard essentially or the land of trolls and what do you guys think about that so I find this interesting because, okay, so no foreign troops during peacetime that might just be Norway trying to, you know, be like, hey, you know, we're protecting ourselves. We don't want, you know, to be occupied. Then all of a sudden flipped over to be like, oh, well, they've already have a ton of troops based here. 
Uh, the maneuvers over the country of Finn, I mean, the county of Finnmark's interesting, too. I don't know. The, I'm trying to play both sides and lean credence to stuff. But the but the maneuvers, um, I don't know. This 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 whole thing is very like suspicious. But it's also like some weird rules where maybe there was something going on that their military was doing up there, right. or maybe I don't know. It's weird. It's all super weird. But um, I will I, I will um drop this hint. There was a joke I was gonna make in the previous episode. Uh, everyone, strap in because it's about to happen. <laughs> okay. Not right now. It will be happening a little bit. Okay. I'm, I'm glad. I knew this was going to come up, and I'm glad we got here. So this article goes on to talk about other interesting things as well. This idea of the former USSR performing nuclear tests in the north, bordering Norway, where it ended up causing, uh, you know, it coincided with landslides and avalanches and other sorts of things that went along with these explosions. And then they're ending up being various uh, different rock formations in the area that people claimed or conspiracy theorists that uh, look into this history and tie it to trolls claim that the flashes from some of these nuclear tests caused these rock formations to turn to stone. They were the light that calcified mm. trolls, which I thought was kind of interesting too. Uh, it goes on to claim some other pretty crazy things, like that there's current underground bases being used in the uh, in Norway and in the north uh, to try to maintain control of trolls and collaboration with Russia to try to keep them from crossing over the border and things like that. It even went so far as to mention the circular power grids that they talk about <laughs> in the movie, but it kind of dials back on that because I couldn't seem to find that on any Google Maps or anything when I tried to find it um but there are actually some laws that go all the way back into medieval times in scandinavia that do coincide to a lot of what this article is talking well, about one second on yeah that. for sure I, I can make my joke now. okay perfect make my joke perfect. Now. so so everyone here has seen the the newer godzilla movie right of course so so is this the origin of how we get like troll like giant trolls and stuff in the godzilla universe is that the russians were trying to nuke them <laughs> <laughs> perfect uh, oh man so it was actually just dwarves this whole time and then they got really big so 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 you know you put something in the oven and you let it cook for way too long that was that joke <laughs> no nah, it was good it was good <laughs> i was really stoked to find this though because it it tied in some of the medieval like more ancient stuff like we've been talking about in other episodes to what i just mentioned like the idea of like the government really taking like a hard line approach to what some people believe is real and there was western scandinavian law in essentially yeah throughout the the middle ages focusing on a particular phrase which was at vesia troll up which was to conjure up trolls which essentially refers to a series of different laws that would prevent people from messing with trolls or conjuring them up quote unquote right so this idea of waking up trolls and the consequences of such acts uh, nobody really <laughs> knows exactly what those consequences were presumably like the guillotine or something like that because if you're waking up trolls they're gonna come and mess with people i guess would be what do you mean by waking idea? them up well, I guess going into their territory, I suppose, or uh, this is what I, I mean. See. I don't exactly know violating what it means. the boundaries. I was thinking, like, what are you talking about? Like waking them conjure from stone? Up, to conjure them up, not wake them up. I'm conjure going back them to the... up. To, I, I guess. I mean, conjuring. I, I assume sometimes is like bring something forth. Yeah, 
bring something forward. Like bring it forth. Yeah. Getting its out of hibernation. Yeah, yeah that's kind of yeah. what I. That's the vibe I was. I was gonna just question you because like, what are you talking about? You're talking about turning them from stone into real living things again? No, 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 no. I'm no. sure there is some spell out there that would do that. Oh, potentially. No. I thought that was interesting though. Just wanted to chuck that in. Pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. Pretty weird. Pretty cool. Pretty weird. Pretty weird. Pretty cool. Well, there was a couple of things that were pretty cool. Like uh, there were some plays that were done by a Norwegian dude by the name of Einrik Ibsen. And he was a dramatist. He did a couple of film or films. <laughs> plays. It's getting late. It's fucking, we're struggling plays. here at the end here, I think. There was a couple where he used trolls as symbols as destructive instincts. So that to me is interesting as well. We have seen trolls like you already mentioned Zanger in Frozen helping Queen Elsa. The, the great documentary. A great documentary. Yes. Uh, winter is coming, correct? Her <laughs> <laughs> yeah. winter is already yeah, here. That, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> Smash it all together. Just mash it. Yep. And also, obviously, like we've mentioned off the bat, trying to cook hobbits and Lord of the Rings, guarding bridges, the annoyance of our fairy tale heroes. There are a lot of different portrayals. And each is slightly different from the next. I guess maybe my question would be, what's your favorite portrayal of a ho- or a troll? Are, are we automatically giving it to um to Troll Hunter and then just going like below that as like what's second place? Yeah. Okay, cool. I just just wanted to make sure. Um, I always liked the portrayal in Lord of the Rings. I thought it was very. It's mm-hmm. it's weird, and and I'm not trying to get too deep into this. But in, like, The Hobbit, they're kind of intelligent. They kind of talk. They kind of have something going on with them. And then in Lord of the Rings, even in the books, they're more just presented as just big brutes that, that the enemy, I mean, that uh, the Force of Mordor use. So it's kind of weird how they transition from, like, something that can talk has some intelligence to something that is just another brute for the mm. enemy. Yeah, maybe they're yeah maybe they're trying to show a spectrum of these creatures too, hey? So yeah, kind of make make them more believable, make them not make make the world more diverse. That, yeah, I think so. That's also the spectrum of um, the Hobbit was done more as a kids' tale, where the Lord of the Rings is a more serious mm, take. Good I think, point. On the world, really good point. Because <laughs> I mean, in, in in the Hobbit, there's he's trying to steal a wallet and it talks and responds and right, yeah. right, yeah, it's it. Discussion for another day, but just wanted to mention that here. Totally, cool. So where can where can we see? Well, I mean, I I love the the Harry Potter troll that gets bonked on the head. Uh, That's one of my favorite scenes. What about Hagrid's? uh, He's like his half brother. Remember that one? Oh yeah, that's 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 a giant. Oh, but but oh, I guess yeah, giant troll. Come on, man. I I feel like I feel like (laughs) people will hate me for saying that. Yeah, yeah, because people love Hagrid, so that's. Let's dial back on that. Hagrid's <laughs> <laughs> a beauty, man. But we can at least, uh, I mean, see some trolls uh, in a sort of modern times if you don't want to venture into fjords of Norway well, because you found a really cool one. We found a few cool ones. And uh, just in the context of the current events of today and tomorrow and the last week or so, if you can't really venture outside your borders and you live in Seattle or in the U.S. or anywhere around there, you should go see the Fremont Troll. And this is a famous bridge troll that was sculpted in Seattle in 1989. And it's a beautiful thing. It's got this... It's pretty cool. Really... <laughs> it's actually got a VW Beetle that's crushed underneath one of its hands. <laughs> and this was actually a project that was done to combat... <laughs> 
drug dealing under the bridge, a lot of nefarious activities like homelessness and just like, you know, just Mm -hmm. gross stuff going on. I'm sorry. I'm not calling homeless people gross. Uh, Just like, you know, a lot of nefarious activity. Sure. Anyways, let's go on to Trolls in Norway. Hold on. But before that, I just want to, okay, I'm screen sharing with you guys because I just want to show you this image. It's him with giant sunglasses on. What? Which I can't see. What is it? It's the Seattle troll with giant sunglasses on. Oh, (laughs) that's awesome. Yeah, it was kind of like this feel-good project that was done in Seattle to kind of make a place that was kind of grimy and sludgy into something that people could go and appreciate as a tourist. Sort yeah, of thing. it's pretty cool. It's it's. I'm looking at a ton of images of, like, people taking pictures and stuff, and one of them, he has a... They, they put big sunglasses on him. <laughs> we got to go check that out, 100%. If we ever go to Seattle. Hmm. Well, not anytime soon, that's for sure. Uh, um, um, not, to, not, not to make light of the situation, but there was one posted six days ago where it looks like they put a surgical mask on him. Hmm. Uh, Wonderful. Of course they did. Why, why wouldn't they? Although I wonder if trolls uh, would be immune to uh, COVID-19. Who knows? Uh, actually, fun fact on that note. So um, in Troll Hunter, it was mentioned that, you know, rabies is the right. that they were carrying. That's right. Yes. So here's something interesting I wanted to ask you guys. What do you think trolls are in the sense of the world of animals? Like reptile, bird, mammal? I mean, they got to be mammal, right? So... In in the realm of what I'm reading currently, or currently audio booking, um, Jurassic Park, still. I think, did I mention it the last time, or did I mention I had? I've, I've read The Lost World and Jurassic Park very close together. It's mentioned in there when someone gets bitten by one of the dinosaurs, like, one of the, before they know what they are, it's mentioned that they're bitten by some lizard, and someone's scared they might have rabies, and it's pointed out that rabies does not affect anything but mammals. There you go. And I was like, maybe that's just a fact for the for this. Uh, according to um, what I'm looking up and what I saw, rabies is a virus that does only infect humans and other mammals. So if they want, so so they're using more science in this in this um, troll hunter movie. I guess trolls would be considered mammals. Oh, man, I love that. Well, movie. Very sense. weird affliction to sunshine. They do refer to the gestation period, so obviously that is just relevant for mammals too. So. Totally, and I guess it's just they're playing on nocturnal mammals because they're nocturnal. Mm. Very true. Mm-hmm. Like a bat, except they're, I guess the side heads were blind, but those weren't really heads. They were just grills. <laughs> anyway, rabbit holes, troll mm. holes, man. Let's well, get into some ideas yeah. and, and, and theories and explanations. We're kind of coming down to the end of this madness of this four-part Norwegian Myths and Creatures series. and So far. So, so far. Part, part, so uh, part far. five, six, seven, eight, nine, <laughs> and a full podcast coming your way very, very shortly here. We already talked about giants. Amber went into that some detail on that. We've kind of we've kind of talked about that and hashed that out. I'm not sh- I'm not sure how convinced I am that there's relations between giants throughout history to to trolls per se. So I'm going to skip over to this idea of living ancient humans, and this idea that I I saw in a few different articles of trolls essentially in a lot of ways resembling Neanderthals or other sort of relic right. relic populations of humans, and this idea that perhaps early populations of Scandinavia could have had contact with essentially relic populations with massive jaws, deep brows, you know, maybe didn't have the best disposition and got into some confrontations uh, and were seen as being stupid or living in caves and in forests and things like that. I mean, they definitely have some similarities with, with trolls. I mean, what do you, Mm -hmm. what do you guys think about that? 
Zenger, what, what do you think? That is a very interesting take and one I didn't know we were even going to get into. So that's definitely from left field for me. But I can see the um, possibility of it in the realm of if we're trying to get an explanation for something here out of like where did, could this have originated from. Right. This is a great possibility. Um, I know that there's a lot of origins and stuff for like when Christianity came to the area and stuff like that. So, so that's something that, um, that, that could possibly be there as well. Uh, the giants and the trolls, I kind of, okay. From my reading of Norse mythology, I don't know why I'm saying it in this condescending way, but, um, it is mentioned that like, um, the Jotun are kind of just anything that's giant. Like, um, the, um, why am I blanking all of a sudden? Um, Midgard Serpent, um, Jormungandr is right. a, is technically a Jotun. It's, but it's not like a, it's, it's a giant serpent. Not a troll. So trolls could just be a form of, I mean, if they're big enough, they're just the giant form of X, Y, and Z. Right. Um, actually, uh, Fenrir, the wolf is considered a giant because it's a giant wolf. So it's just one of those things where it's like, I feel like. I feel like there is a distinction, but there isn't between trolls and giants in some stories is because trolls could be referring to something of a certain type, but um, not all, I guess it's the term, not all, it would be not all giants or trolls, but all trolls could be giants. I think I reverse, I think I need to reverse that. Um, But no, to get back to your Neanderthal thing, that is interesting and plays into like the, you know, I know that um, humanoid sightings of, you know, relic humanoid populations is something that does kind of come up every now and then so this would be an interesting thing to wear if more um of our you know ancient more ancient um individuals were still around this is something people could be seeing and it could be an easy way to have explained it back in the day when a lot of this stuff when a lot of these myths and stuff were originating from because i I don't know it's just it's just weird where where the or or, uh, origin of this could have come from it's it's a it's a weird thing to think, but it does it does kind of make sense. Last but not least, kind of tying in, I guess, to the ideas of ancient peoples, Neanderthals, is this uh, this sort of strange thought that Sasquatch could potentially be linked to trolls, and not necessarily Sasquatch exactly in the way that we think of Bigfoot, like Bluff Bluff Creek Sasquatch, but I mean trolls are described as large, massive, hairy, brutish forest creatures Mm -hmm. there are sasquatch sightings bigfoot sightings whatever you want to call it versions of that throughout scandinavia could this have been an early sighting early encounter with you know ancient peoples not necessarily with neanderthals but with a similar type deal but with a different species altogether yet still walking bipedally still similar to them so essentially yeti bigfoot sasquatch being trolls i'm chucking that out there Interesting. I you you hit me with some left field stuff uh, at, at the end here. I wasn't expecting this, and it did cross my mind a second ago with the Sasquatch stuff. Like I was like, oh, I wonder if I could make a. Sa-. I'm like, I'm not gonna make a Sasquatch reference. <laughs> that that's a weird sentence to say quickly. Um, I'm not gonna make a Sasquatch reference. Uh, because I feel like that's just gonna be another rabbit hole, and you introduced another rabbit hole. Um, it could be. I know that, like I said, the. There's even possibility that some people I think put together that could Neanderthals just be a relic population of Bigfoots and stuff like right. that or vice versa. So I, I don't know. I've never thought of those two being connected because I always 
I don't know why. I feel like I've never assumed trolls at human size. Right. I always yeah. assume them smaller or much, much larger. Much bigger. And I mean, Sasquatch is supposed to be larger than human, but I'm thinking like much larger than It's not Sasquatch. like stomp on your BMW sized. Yeah. 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 Like, like, like Sasquatch like jumps on your BMW. Right. This stomps, the, a troll stomps on right. it. So that's the thing I've never gotten that correlation, but that is an interesting piece of food for thought. Obviously, humans and embellish as, everything, right? I mean, I guess that's where I'm going mm-hmm. with that. <laughs> you think of these things as destroying and being really large and or, or vice versa being smaller, but Neanderthals were like just literally like a little bit tinier than us, not even. They were like, what, like four foot, five, five feet on average? Well, well see, then, the, then, then you get the explanation for the small troll. From Neanderthals, and the bigger trolls are the Sasquatch. There, I figured it all out. There were some relic humans that were much larger than that, obviously, and like the Almas in Russia, which potentially could be crossing the border into Norway, uh, is a larger, like, wearing clothes, like, not quite Sasquatch, not quite Neanderthal, not quite whatever. Sort of blurring the lines almost between these things if you think it's much more human-like. Everything's connected, isn't it? Hmm. No, I think that's so, a big um, reach. I, <laughs> that's huge. I, I just want to... Okay, fine. If that's a big reach, then allow me to end this on another big reach. Could it be aliens? Ooh. Elaborate. No, I'm, I'm, I'm actually kidding. I'm actually kidding. <laughs> I just wanted the opportunity to, to make that jump, like I'm sure an episode of Ancient Aliens has. Oh, God. We should go back and check. <laughs> Probably have. <laughs> Probably have. Oh, man. Well, this has been really fun, you guys. I've had a great time talking about different Nordic mythology and these creatures. It's all super weird. It's all pretty uh, out there, out there in the ethereal realm. But we like to try to reach through uh, to the other side of the portal, as you guys know. Mm -hmm. Definitely pun intended. uh, Mm -hmm. To try to find weird shit. So thank you, Zenger. Thank you for coming to talk about these strange things with us. And I hope we can find uh, that trolls do exist someday. I, I have, I'm very happy to be a part of this. This has been a lot of fun to do. Um, the revisiting on Troll Hunter was fun. The the kind of origins and stuff of the, um, if we go back even further to the dwarves and the elves, I thought was very interesting. And on top of it, of course, this um, with some sightings of trolls and with some of the stories and stuff behind it is very interesting. And once again, coming to some revelations by just talking about it is always fun to do, and I'm enjoying the fact that I got to do it once again with my friends on the other side of the portal. Thanks, buddy. And then, of course, in typical fashion, we just chuck monkey wrenches at all you guys listening at the very end. So, Zenger, where can everybody listening find Zeng this and you and everything you do? Um, well, if you want to find more stuff from me, and of course, you should have been able to find more stuff from me because you had to listen to the other parts of this uh-huh. series, uh, you can, of course, find Zeng this on any major podcast network. I mean, podcast catcher. And, of course, you can find Zygnus on Twitter. You can also email, because I will point that out, because I did get an email regarding, as I pointed out in the previous one, uh, some Nordic mythology stuff I missed talking about, which I did fill in on. Uh, You can, of course, email it at Zygnus at gmail.com. And, of course, you can find us on Facebook. And um, you can find me on Into the Portal um, on on your guys' Facebook uh, stuff I'm, I'm floating around in there so I, I would love to hear some of your guys' stuff if, if any of you have seen a troll let us know hell yeah that, that mm-hmm. I, I, I want a first hand account or if somebody you know has seen a troll I, I want a good encounter I I always keep my ears and eyes out for a good troll encounter because like I said the troll hunter movie is one of my favorite movies and and this 
if nothing else, this research, this this stuff that we've done has shown the depth that that movie went to to be, I think, a great movie. 100%. Anyways, I was just supposed to be saying, you know, signing off, but I just wanted to make that point. No, dude, Anyways, no, that's awesome. Go continue with it with your closing. <laughs> I stuff. do know we've got some listeners in Scandinavian states, so definitely hit us up if you've got a story to tell. And uh, yeah, man, this was awesome. So uh, as always, thank you guys so much for mm-hmm. listening. You can find us uh, everywhere you get your podcasts as well. And uh, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to both Zeng This and Into the Portal, you guys. Uh, check out Straight Up Strange. That's our network, straightupstrange.com, and the new uh, release of Be Strange. And there's some uh, cool new clothing and some stuff coming your way there too. Uh, that's basically it though. We've got some more stuff to tell you, but we'll wait till, uh, till next week. So yeah, until next time on Into the Portal. Your gateway to the bazaar. This podcast is a part of Straight Up Strange Productions. Discover more shows like this one at straightupstrange.com.